Good afternoon, folks. Uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast. To get the plugs out of the way, firstly, membership site is at lukatalak.com slash membership. You can check out the fitness fundamentals there where I put up all my cool information. Uh, I also have some very smart guests on every single month. It's a low cost. It's got a free trial, so check it out. The other thing I'd like to bring up is that I have some coaching spots available to fill up before the end of the year. If you'd like to apply for a spot or have a consult, a free consult, to see if it's right for the both of us, then please visit lukatalak.com coaching. If you just go to the main site, there's links to all this stuff as well. Okay, so for today's podcast, it's basically going to be completely off the cuff. <laughs> I haven't planned anything here, um, so I hope it doesn't come across as too much of a jumble. Hopefully there's not too many ums or basically's because I actively try and avoid saying those. Those are my filler words when I'm trying to think. But what I wanted to talk about today was basically how to communicate. I've just said basically. It's happened already. I want to talk about how to communicate properly in terms of the fitness industry and how we interact online with each other and how as people following experts or even experts following experts in other areas, how we can communicate with each other and how we can communicate with people who might know more than us and people who might know less than us. I think this is a massive issue in the industry at the moment, something that is really frustrating. And one of my goals is to improve communication and how people deal with each other online. I find it an area that requires a lot of improvement the way it is at the moment. Uh, now, for what prompted this, there's nothing in particular, but I will be referencing my one of my more recent posts where I spoke about where you should be getting your fitness information from. I obviously did a podcast. The previous podcast was on that. But... I suppose I want to make it clear from the outset here that I'm not really having a go at anyone in particular. I am a great friend to many vegans and plant-based people, but they do tend to get their backs up a little bit more than most at certain posts that I've made in the past. So I have made a post in the past about how dairy is on average associated with health outcomes and positive health outcomes. And I've had some pushback from a few people uh, from that, some militant vegans, and I understand that most people are not militant vegans, um, just in the same sense that there are some people out there who are militant anti-vegans or anti-vegetarians, and I think they're just as stupid. So I've had some pushback on that, and I had a few silly comments on my latest post as well. <laughs> Actually, the one that took the cake, the worst one, was some woman saying, well, stop being so negative about it. How about you do something to help the industry? which I thought was funny considering I literally research for free and I have a membership site that's probably priced at 20% of what it could be. So that was a little bit funny. Uh, anyway, there are those people out there and I don't get too many of them, thankfully. And I think part of it is because I do make an effort to try and communicate in a cordial way with people. I try not to treat people like idiots and I try to be friendly and... I suppose fairly humble and fairly neutral when I can. Now, obviously I have my own biases. We all have our own personal biases. Sometimes I maybe word things that could be worded a little bit better and in a bit more of a friendly fashion. But nonetheless, I think uh, because it's my, one of my main goals, I think I do a reasonable job of trying to communicate science to people and to have a, a cordial discussion rather than an argument over social media. But unfortunately, some people don't want to come to the party and it's very difficult when you're writing things to convey tone of voice. So I do tend to sometimes use uh, emojis 
even though I'm not a huge fan of them, I think it just conveys that a lot better because we don't have tone, obviously, when we are writing things. So I suppose my first point is really that no one is out there trying to be wrong. No one wants to be wrong. No one is bad. I don't think people come into this trying to hurt people or trying to put people down necessarily, but I think sometimes they get a little bit carried away and can be a little bit overzealous in their own personal beliefs. And perhaps there's a bit of a blind spot with personal biases as well. Certainly something that I'm highly cognizant of just because it's it's part of the sort of meta science that we all have our own biases and it does creep into our research and how we communicate. Um, and so I think it's just one of those things where most people are coming at this from a good place and they don't want to be wrong. They want the correct information. And I try and keep that in mind whenever I'm communicating with someone is that sometimes people just haven't come across the right information yet. Sometimes they genuinely are trying to do their best and trying to seek the best information. If I think about some of the stuff that I was talking about that I thought I knew uh, even six months ago or a year ago, let alone two, three, five, ten years ago, uh, I mean, I shudder to think about what I was telling people at the time. Uh, and I think we probably are all a little bit like that. So sometimes I try and think about myself in that past situation. What if this was me five years ago asking about, you know, fat loss and insulin or something like that? It would have been the first time maybe I'm coming across this information and I would hate to have the expert that I'm trying to ask be rude to me or treat me like a fool or be combative with me, even though I'm just trying to do my best and even though I might have some pretty strong beliefs. So there is certainly a, a certain way of going about it. If we do come across people like that who maybe don't quite have the correct information and we are aggressive towards them or confrontational, I don't think you have a great chance of changing that person's mind. And I think someone who embodies this quite well is Greg Knuckles, and he speaks about this all the time. If you genuinely want to change people's minds and be informative and to teach people, then you can't approach them with a confrontational approach. You need to be able to be conciliatory and discuss things with them and bring up points in a manner that's going to make them more open-minded and accepting of the ideas that you're putting forward. So, with that in mind, I think there are some big names out there who have large followings, who tend to call people out. And I think there are some people out there who are profiting off of information that is almost deliberately misleading. Or maybe I shouldn't say it's deliberately misleading, but sometimes people are so far into the uh, empire that they've built that they can't actually back off and change their points of view very easily. You know, I think of people like Gary Taubes who have put out books uh, who, and that guy is just blatantly wrong. He's even said, look, if there's research that comes out that proves me blatantly wrong, I'm not going to change my mind anyway. And to me, that kind of attitude deserves nothing less than ridicule and calling out. And so I think there are some people out there who do deserve it. There are some people out there who deserve to be called out. And the public does need to see that some of these people are not basing anything on science or fact. So I do think there is a role for people to play in debunking stuff and calling out and that kind of thing. But at the same time, there's so much of that happening and it's so negative. And I just feel that that's not something I really want to be a part of. Now, some of these people I do greatly respect as, as uh, intellects and for the information they do put out there. But just the approach really grinds my gears sometimes. And I know there are some people now that are that I'm associated with or I'm friends with 
let me put it that way, who are much better at that. They're, they're much less combative and much more conciliatory and trying to treat people like people because unfortunately we seem, seem to lose that ability to interact with people normally when we can't see their face. <laughs> I kind of liken it to, I don't know if anyone's listening has ever been on a cycleway or been on a bike in Sydney. I certainly have. I used to cycle to work sometimes and people would be extremely aggressive as drivers uh, towards me sometimes. I've been knocked off my bike a couple of times and I just think to myself, like if we were face to face, there's no way they would behave like that to me. So to give a bit of context, like if you haven't seen me, I've got like a shaved head and a big beard and all the sides of my head is shaved and I, you know, I'm a hundred kilos. I'm a bodybuilder. And sometimes I've had people drive very aggressively around me when I'm on my bike and we pull up to a light and I look through the window at them and they seem to be fixated on something in front of them that they can't look around and look me in the eye, which is funny. But I think social media is the same way. You know, you have this buffer and if we were to talk face to face, there's no way people would behave that way. So I'm trying to bring about that mindset of, of a discussion table almost to social media. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, but what I wanted to also address in this particular podcast is to talk a little bit more about some logical fallacies and how we can go about discussing things in a logical manner so that we can all learn. Because I think the reason why a lot of online discussion just degenerates is because someone's committing a logical fallacy and we can't actually move past it and establish common ground or learn from each other if there's one side that can't see where they're maybe being logically uh, false, I suppose. So I'm going to jump into some of the more common logical fallacies that I see or that I experience online, give some examples of them so that maybe when you're reading someone's post or you're reading comments or even if you're participating in an online discussion yourself, you can kind of keep an eye out for these logical fallacies and whether it's you that's committing them or whether it's someone else, you can kind of keep them in mind. Okay, so the first one I think of when I think of a logical fallacy is the ad hominem, which is essentially just a direct attack on someone's character or calling them names. Uh, and, and this is pretty common. Um, you know, it's, it's essentially that person who was in my comments saying, well, what have you done for the industry? Which is like, stop being so negative. You're just a negative person, which is like not addressing the argument in the first place, but it's also a, an attack on me and it happens to be false in the first place. Another version of this is circumstantial ad hominem, where you accuse the, the opposing speaker, I suppose you would call it, the opposition of having vested interests. So you know, of course, he's going to say dairy's great. He eats so much dairy. Well, it doesn't really address the research or the data that I put in front of you. It's a personal comment on my own diet, which doesn't address the argument whatsoever. Now, this one's really common because obviously people who eat a vegan or a plant-based diet tend to be quite defensive about the diet that they have chosen. And people who eat animal products tend to be quite defensive about the diet that they have chosen. And they kind of don't have this objectivity involved then. And that's obviously a massive problem, but people can't recognize that. And it's really important that you recognize it. It's really strange when you think about it because like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter if your favorite diet doesn't win. Why do you have a favorite diet? I personally, the diet that I eat is one that I enjoy and I want the one that's gonna give me the most health benefits and still be enjoyable. 
And I don't really care what that is. If that ends up being a plant-based diet or a ketogenic diet or a pescatarian diet or intermittent fasting or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I really don't care which one of these dogs wins. Uh, but it's really strange that people kind of want the one that they chose or the one that they have traditionally eaten to be the winner. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So that's a circumstantial ad hominem. The opposing speaker is accused of having a vested interest. The next most common thing I think I probably see is what we call a straw man. And this is where you don't argue the point that the person is making. Instead, you make up some kind of version of that argument or an entirely different argument altogether. Uh, an example of this would be, well, you're saying that dairy is good for you, therefore everybody should eat dairy. And that's not an accurate representation of my position. So it's really important that we get on the same page with what people are actually arguing. And it's often a really good idea to ask people questions. So what you would do is you would state what you think their argument is and then ask them, is that correct? And often people actually get into internet arguments without having a particularly strong stance on something or not really clearly understanding what their argument is and what it entails. So often, simply by restating their argument back to them, it can point out some of the flaws. It can make them stop and think, oh, actually, do I really believe that? Or it can make them change, <laughs> move the goalposts, and then at least you're on the same footing when you're arguing about the same thing or discussing the same thing, I should say. So this is a really handy technique to use. And in this way, you don't even have to make a point many times. You can kind of get the person that you're discussing with to trip themselves up if that's your goal, or you can at least get them to clearly state what exactly they are saying. And then you can accurately discuss whatever point they're making. So the straw man is a really, really common one. You'll see this all the time where people make up some random version of an argument that the speaker never stated in the first place, or they'll just come up with something completely irrelevant altogether. Really, really common. And this one is related to the false dichotomy. So sometimes this is called like a, a false dilemma or an either or proposition. And this is essentially where you boil down the the available options to like two or three or just a few options. It created this one versus another thing and the situation actually encompasses many more options than that. So an example would be like, well, you know, either you eat a uh, vegan diet or you eat a carnivorous diet. And the reality is most people actually eat something in between and it doesn't encompass every available diet setup. You know, you could have a plant-based diet that includes um, the odd amount of animal product. You could have a mostly plant-based diet with some animal products in there. You could have some ethically raised animal products. You could have a diet that is anything in between. I think there's quite a big difference between a diet that is mostly plant-based with some pasture-raised uh, animals, for example, as part of the diet versus factory farmed meat. It's quite a different proposition. And so it's creating this false dichotomy when you're saying, well, you know, if you don't eat a plant-based diet, then you're eating, you know, mostly meat or a carnivorous diet, or you're eating factory farmed animals. And that's not really the case. There's a lot of shades of gray in between that. Similarly, I think in this argument is that many of the perspectives come from a US centric um, perspective just to sort of stay on the plant-based versus uh, animal-based uh, diet for a second. So one of the issues is that the way we raise cattle and farm cattle and farm crops in Australia is 
uniquely different to how it is in other countries because we have a unique uh, amount of biodiversity and unique environmental conditions. And we don't raise cattle the same way that the US does. So from a moral standpoint, that's an argument that I think a lot of people miss out on. And I don't really want to get into that right now, but it's just one of these uh, areas where there's shades of gray and people are often not really talking about the same thing. They're not on the same page and they're creating either a false dichotomy or some other sort of straw man argument. Another thing I see quite a lot of is the ignorance or the ignoring of burden of proof. Uh, now, if you make a claim, the burden of proof is upon you to provide evidence. And this is essentially what most of my Instagram posts are based on. It will have a bit of opinion and some personal bias in there 100% every single time. But mostly what I try and do is present data and my interpretation of data. I try and leave strong personal opinions out of my posts. And if I do have a personal opinion in there, I make it clear that it's an opinion. And I often use words like may, could, might, in some situations, depending on context, things like that. Because I never want to give the illusion that I know exactly what's going to happen in every single situation and that I'm not allowing for different contexts and other possibilities. But it's really common that you'll have people make claims and then they will never ever back it up with any proof. This is really common in the nutrition world. Most people will have their sort of pet way of eating and you might see some you know, idiot who's doing the carnivore diet come on and say, uh, well, plants are poisonous. And you kind of go, well, okay, you need it. That's just, you can't just say that and then walk out of the room like you just dropped a bomb. You have to provide proof. And unfortunately, people bite and they then start to argue with this person. And of course, you're never going to convince someone who isn't willing to provide evidence or proof for things that they're saying. So not only are you causing yourself undue anxiety and arguing with someone, you're not going to get anywhere. If anything, you're going to make them even more defensive on their situation and the comments just end up turning into a shit show and a clear indicator that that is going to happen is when someone walks in makes a statement and provides zero proof whatsoever if they're unwilling to provide any evidence i don't even engage them whatsoever in fact anyone who posts on my posts and is rude or does not provide evidence after i ask them to i just block them and sometimes people think that seems like i'm avoiding you know, dissent in my in my posts or whatever. But to be perfectly honest, there's no point trying to debate with people like that because neither of you are going to get anywhere. And if I'm coming to the table with data, then I would appreciate it if people also provide data for any claims that they make. I've gone to the, the effort of doing that. And of course, most people don't bother doing that in their in their rebuttals in their in the comments. Now, there's a bunch of assorted fallacies that are related to this. So they're, they're often called fallacies of relevance, which is essentially arguments where the premise doesn't really bear on the drawn argument, even though they might appear to. So um, an example of this is appealing to authority. So um, you might say that experts agree that, you know, eating a plant-based diet is best for your health. If you don't name the authority in question, then I don't know who exactly you're talking about. I don't know who you're referencing. That's an irrelevant point. It's not, it's a relevance fallacy. Um, another way of doing this is like appeal to force. So if someone is an expert and they try and strong arm you into an opinion, like, well, I have a PhD and you don't, and therefore you're wrong. That's again, it's a sort of appeal to authority in another way. It's trying to throw your credentials around to make yourself appear 
better informed. Now, people do this all the time, and sometimes I think it's actually not too bad of an idea, but again, they need to provide evidence for their claims. They can't just say, well, I'm an expert, so I know. They need to provide evidence for their claims. This is also related to uh, an appeal to popularity. So it's called the fallacy of mob appeal sometimes, or appeal to the masses. And this is essentially where people say, well, most people believe this, and therefore it's correct. Um, you know, hundreds of bodybuilders wouldn't be wrong about this. Uh, again, that's a logical fallacy because there is no actual evidence there. Now, there's an endless amount of these logical fallacies I can go through, and I don't really expect people to remember what they're called or, uh, you know, to bring out a little rule book and start to get all pedantic when you're on an internet argument. The, the fact is that everyone will sometimes unwittingly um, commit some of these logical fallacies and uh, you know if you're the person who's going through the comments trying to pick them up and trying to be uh, particularly pedantic about a choice of words for example I, I think that's not really the best way to go I think it's more a case of picking and choosing where you engage with people and trying to get a little bit more on their level to understand where they're coming from if you're going to have an internet discussion and that's what I'm trying to do on my social media I hope this hasn't been too much of a ramble I hope it hasn't been too all over the place because I'm literally just doing this as a stream of consciousness thing. Um, but I hope you get a little bit out of it and I hope this goes towards making at least some parts of social media a better place for discussion and a bit of a kinder place. I'm pretty fed up with the amount of vitriol in certain comments and directed towards certain people in this industry. So uh, I hope you're on board with me. If you are, please let me know. Um, other than that, I guess I'll sign off over here. Once again, if you're interested in having a look at some online coaching, visit my website, luketug.com. And if you're interested in the fitness fundamentals, you can check it out there as well. Thanks very much for listening. I'll go back to some actual fitness related stuff in the next one. All right, see you next time.